You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. I'm Dr. Phil Klein. Today we'll be discussing traditional impression taking and impression materials. Our guest is Shannon Pace Brinker, an international speaker, author, and dental assistant for over 32 years. Shannon has taught over 60,000 dental assistants across the U.S. and Canada and is arguably the most well-known and respected dental assistant in North America. That's amazing. Shannon, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Thank you so much for having me. So you have so much to teach the dental profession, and we really appreciate you coming on. Before we get started, I would like to thank our sponsor, Colzer. Colzer is truly a world-class dental company that supplies dentists and dental technicians with an extensive product range covering cosmetic dentistry, tooth preservation, prosthetics, periodontology, and digital dentistry. So we thank you, Colzer, for sponsoring this podcast. So Shannon, I know you have taught impression taking to thousands of assistants and even dentists for that matter. What are some of the main points that you could teach us uh, or recommend to us for both dentists and assistants? Well, I think, you know, right now when we think about how we can be more efficient um, and not having to, or basically minimizing what we, um, all the materials and everything that's out there, we really want to think about the patient here. And I think the first pain point is for assistants. Let's talk about them for just a minute. Um, so many assistants are telling me, you know, I'm still having to use alginate impressions. Uh, when patients have emergencies, uh, I'm carving that out because they don't have a template to go by um, at, with the alginate, of course, because in 20 minutes it's distorted. And so, you know, it's like, how can I get my doctor to understand that I really want to utilize a PBS? And, you know, because I know that I can save it. Um, for several weeks. And then if something was to happen, I could go back to that impression and fabricate a new provisional. And that's one of the things I think we, again, forget that PBS can sit on a shelf for many, many weeks. Um, and I can tell you, having my own dental work done and being in provisionals for almost a year, I just went back to the very first one. And that's crazy when you know that you can go back to the very first impression, regardless of surgery, um, or just even a patient that's going to have long-term provisionals, um, it's, it's amazing to have that. And I think that um, is kind of a reassurance. For, for dentists, uh, same theory. You know, I think so many doctors just assume that because we're using one material, um, that it's really just for pre-op impressions. But believe it or not, there's a lot of products out there um, when we're thinking about minimizing the cost where we can use it for preoperative impressions, we can use it for final impressions. And I think that's one of the things that we just don't know enough or we're not educated enough on our products. Could you give us an example uh, of some of the products that you recommend? Absolutely. Um, I can tell you that I'm going to talk about my favorite ones here. I love Xanacil. Um, and I will tell you that I have been utilizing that since the day it was launched. Um, I fell in love with it. Uh, I basically um, helped create Algenaut. Um, and so I can tell you that, um, you know, I'm the one that even gave it the name, you know, and so for me to take my own product that I designed and basically, you know, helped uh, invent um, says a lot. Um, why do I like Xenosil? Because there's a lot of properties that it has. It sets fast. Um, it really is quickly for us to take those impressions. But I will tell you that what I love the most is that if we did miss a margin, let's say we missed a margin, um, you know, we can go back and reline it. And when we think about how we can really minimize the time to, 
to um, trim and fabricate provisionals, it really all starts with that pre-operative impression. You know, assistants will ask us, we we just trained 50 this weekend for a hands-on. And I said, you could be the best trimmer, but if your pre-operative impression is bad, um, you're going to be struggling. And el- the secret in everything starts with the pre-operative impression. The beauty of that Xanaseal is that, again, it can be relined. Um, now, relined only one time. You know, don't say Shannon said I could keep relining it. But the other thing is sitting on a shelf. You know, Calzer can't tell you uh, any more than two weeks or three weeks, but but I personally can tell you from my experience that um, it can sit on a shelf for many weeks and still get the same result, the most amazing uh, margins. And that's why I, I love it. You know, that's that's my um, product of choice. So this material is an alginate alternative, right? Is that the category it falls under? Yes, it does. It okay. does. What is the actual generic chemistry that the product is made from? Um, it is a PVS, and so it's it's the same material. If I compared it to, um, you know, a, a, I guess a standard polyvinyl material, I would basically say it's it's close to a monophase, um, and uh, and and actually pretty close to a medium body. It it has a you know a, a lighter viscosity. But the beauty is, is that, you know, when doctors tell me, hey, Shannon, I really want um, them to use alginate because I love the consistency. They get it every time. Um, it's a different technique. But in the end, the impressions are are so much better. And again, it's a PBS. So it can be reported multiple times. We have really stretched it just to see how far it can go. And I can tell you, Phil, I've I've uh, poured this, you know, this material up anywhere three to four times and still get the same um, type of margins, the same look, um, that consistency. And I'll tell you a secret. Now, my dental laboratory at Bayview is utilizing this product to duplicate uh, their models and duplicate, um, you know, just so we don't have to worry about, you know, having to worry about duplications. They're using that, you know, they they use it in their Dynamics. And uh, now they're like, Shannon, thank you so much for turning us on to this product. Yeah. So talking about laboratory technicians, uh, we talked offline about this a bit. You give credit to laboratory technicians for helping you better understand the whole final impression process. How did you learn from lab techs, just out of curiosity, and what have they actually taught you? Well, you know, I I start back where I think about what Gordon Christensen said. That was such a, oh my gosh, it was such an eye-opening moment for me when he said, you know, 40 million impressions are taken every year and only 90% have all margins. I mean, that that's pathetic, which I know, you know, a lot of people are going to scanning and and, and we have a scanner um, myself, but I will say that, you know, for those, there's a lot of practices that still take impressions. And um, I never knew what I didn't know until I spent time in my lab and um, my lab, my baby dental lab here in Virginia, uh, they do a lot of courses and they open the door for me. And I spent three full days um, in the model and die room because I wanted to watch them. They're the experts. And, you know, just, pouring up those models, um, you know, utilizing face bows, articulating models. And, and this has been a while back. But what was crazy is their cart of bad impressions. I mean, pulling things out for me to look at it was really sad to me. And, um, and I mean, one, one impression, Phil, had the tooth in it, the tooth extracted hmm. in it and said match the shade. That's when you got to say, OMG, right? Right. What in the world is happening in these practices? And uh, I will say that, you know, learning about the reline, you know, learning what we, um, the path of insertion and why are we getting drags and pulls, um, tears, you know, from not utilizing the same materials and, and mixing these products is one of the things that I tell you, spend time in your lab. I, I, I tell dentists all the time, you want your assistants to pour up models perfectly if they're still doing that or just even taking better impressions. Spend time with a lab technician you will learn 10 times more um, than you ever thought you would learn, if not more. 
the material that we traditionally use to alginate, is that kind of like an obsolete material in your mind? Yes, but I would tell you that, you know, it's it's a cheap product. And I understand um, the fact that, you know, a lot of practices really want to cut down on costs. But when you think about the product, okay, let's talk about mixing the powder, mixing the liquid. A lot of times, you know, assistants would just guess. Um, they don't measure, which is the biggest thing, because we know in dentistry, you know, a lot of people don't read directions. Um, so they don't even have the vial to to really properly get the ratios. Um, then they're just mixing it so fast. And, uh, and and again, you know, thinking about the time. So you've got the powder, uh, the time that you're mixing it and, uh, you know, and having to pour it up where I just taught a an oral surgery practice um, to pour up model to utilize the Xenosil, pour it up. Um, and then send it to the lab. That's one of the things I think is the misconception. Spending the time in the lab, the lab says, hey, listen, I don't want your practice to pour it up. Send it to me because if something happens and the model breaks or maybe your pressure wasn't that great, um, they can report it. You know, and I think if you look back on that, that's time, right? Because, again, we know that 20 minutes is distorted unless you're using, you know, there's one or two out there that you can wait a couple of days, but why take that chance? Well, again, with the polyvinyl, they can pour it. I can have them come pick it up and again, give it to the lab, but that stability, the time frame, uh, it, it, PBS is about 40 cent more than alginate for an impression and the time you're saving time. You know, the yeah, patient I mean, isn't complaining. Yeah. It's if, amazing. That, if that mishap only happens once in a year, it's probably paid for itself. Right. Um, that Absolutely. would allow that lab to, to re-pour. It's worth it. So mm -hmm. let's wrap up this podcast because I know we have a series of podcasts that we're doing with you, which is going to be great. I know we have one coming up on maintaining a dry field, and that includes isolation from aerosols. We have that one coming up. We have a podcast coming up on hypersensitivity when placing direct composites, which you have a lot to teach us about. And then, of course, there's different types of composites for various restorations. That's going to be another podcast. So we have a series of them. So for this one, to wrap it up, what quick tips can you give us um, as dentists and assistants that we could utilize tomorrow? I think first is, you know, identifying with your assistant, you know, all the errors. That was one of the things that I will say that I did learn going back to what I said from lab technicians, you know, work for doctors that would just tell me to retake the impression, but they, they never told me why it was bad. And, you know, they would just say, go retake it, you know, no, go retake it. And if you don't point out what's bad, but most importantly, how to fix it, um, I'm going to keep doing the same thing over, you know, because you never told me um, that, you know, why I got that drag or why did I have that void? Um, the other thing is a lot of times we blame it on the material when it is operator error, right? It's clinician error. And I think we automatically assume because it is a PBS and, uh, um, and not an alginate that we're seeding it the same way. And that is not true. You know, we use what we call a bowling technique um, for alginate, but with polyvinyl, when we put it in the mouth, we cannot touch a tooth. We got to put it in and come straight up. And that's how we're getting these drags. The other thing is, is we're not waiting, you know, a few seconds, I say 20 seconds before we move. You know, when you seed it and you move, of course, it's gonna make sense. You're moving the tray, you're going to get a drag. And, uh, and so there's lots of things that we look at that if you don't tell me um, what to change and, and why did I get that, you know, that rip, that tear, um, you know, I think it's really hard for assistance. And this is why we made a placemat. We've got step-by-step -step technique of how to take the impressions, but when we flip it over, we teach them why and how that happened. You know, everything all the way down from the tears because we didn't start the timer. I mean, a lot of times we're using two steps. They'll start the timer when the first, uh, you know, type of impression is 
is basically being loaded in the tray when we shouldn't. That timer should be started when the second, the light body goes in or, um, you know, if it's a monophase, the, the doctor is going around the tooth because, again, you're going to set the timer that's going to start when the, the whoever it is, the assistant most of the time is going to start with the heavy body when we really did not give enough time for the light body because the doctor is taking a little bit longer. And so setting a timer, um, looking at those placemats, understanding why that happened and dentists telling your assistants what happened and why did they get that. It'll help me be a better clinician and most importantly, not give you those bad impressions that we got to take over and over um, to waste material. And so that's what I would say would probably be the best thing that I could leave you with. Yeah, excellent tips. And again, the impressions we're talking about are anatomical impressions and they're great for temporaries, orthodontic models, uh, even opposing jaw models, night guards, splints, even whitening trays, right? Th th that's all applications Absolutely. for this for this material. Yeah, thank you very much, Shannon. We appreciate your time. And thank we look, you. Yeah, we look forward to you on the next podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you, Bill.